Hey, I'm back. I'll be reading chapter 9 of the book, The Giver. Now, for the first time in his 12 years of life, Jonas felt separate different. He remembered what the chief elder had said, that his, that his training would be alone and apart, but his, but his training had not yet begun, and already, and already, upon leaving the auditorium, he felt the apartness. Holding the folders she had given him, he made his way through the throng, looking for his family unit and for Astro. People moved aside for him. They watched him. He thought he could hear whispers as she caught, spotting his friend near the rows of bicycles. Wide back, wide back with me, sir, Astro smiled. The teacher was smiled, friendly and familiar, but Jonas felt a moment of hesitation from his friend and uncertainty. Congratulations, Astro said. You too, Jonas replied. It was really funny when she told about this, Max. You got more applause than almost anybody at the other... The other new trust posted nearby, placing the folders carefully into the carrying containers on the backs of the bikes. And each drilling tonight, they would be studying the instructions for the beginning of their training each night for years. The children, the children had memorized a required lesson for school, often yawning with boredom. Tonight, they would all, they would all begin equally to memorize the rules for their adult assignments. Congratulations, Asha. Someone called. Someone called then, then the hesitation again, you two, Jonas, Astro and Joan, Jonas, responded with congratulations to their group mates. Jonas saw his parents watching him from the place where their own bicycles were waiting. Lily had already been strapped into her seat. He waved. They waved back, smiling, but he noticed that Lily was watching him solemnly, her thumb in her mouth. He wrote directly to his drilling, exchanging. Only small jokes and unimportant remarks with Astro. See you in the morning, recreation director, he called, dismounting by his door as Astro continued on. Why, I'd see you, Astro called back. Once again, there was just a moment when, when things weren't quite the same, weren't quite as they, ha they had always, always been through the long fence or perhaps he had imagined it. Things couldn't change with Astro. The evening meal was quieter than usual. Lily chatted about her plans for volunteer work. She would begin, she said, at the nutrient center. Since, since she was already an expert at feeding Gabriel, I know she added quickly. When her father gave her a warning glance, I won't mention his name. I know I'm not supposed to know his name. I can't wait for tomorrow to come, she said happily. Jonas sighed uneasily. I can, he muttered. You are being greatly honored, his mother said. Your father and I are very proud. It's the most important job in the community, Father said, but just the other night you said that the job of making assignments was the most important. Mother nodded. This is different. It's not a job, really. I never thought, never expected. She paused. There's only one receiver. But the chief elder said that... But the chief elder said that they, that they had made a selection before and that it failed. What was she talking about? Both of his parents hesitated finally. His father described the previous selection. It was very, it was very much as it was today, Jonas. The same suspense as one eleven had been passed over when, when the assignments were given. Then the announcement, when they singled out the one, Jonas interrupted. What was his name? His mother replied, Haw. Not his, it was a female, but we are never to speak the name or to use it again for a new child. For a new child. 
Joining herself, the name designated not to be not to be spoken indicated the highest degree of uh, disgrace. What happened to her? He asked nervously. But his parents, but his parents, look blank. We don't know. He his father said, his father said uncomfortably. We never saw her again. A silence fell over the room. They looked dead. Each other finally, his mother rising from the table said, "You have you have been greatly honored, Jonas. Greatly honored." Alone in his sleeping room, prepared for bed, Jonas opened his bed with us. Some some of the other trails he had, he had noticed had been, had been given folders thick with printed pages. He mentioned Benjamin, the scientific male, and his group, beginning to read pages of rules and, and instructions with relish. He picked the phone and smiling her gentle smile as she bent over the list of duties and methods that she would be required to learn in the days to come, but his own folder was suddenly close to empty. Inside, there was only a single printed sheet. He read it twice. He read it twice. Jonas, receive a memory. One, go immediately at the end of school hours each day to the annex entrance behind the house of the old and present yourself to the attendant. Two, go immediately to your dwelling at the conclusion of training hours each day. Three, from this moment, you are exempted from rules governing rudeness. You may ask any question of any citizen, and you will receive answers. 4. Do not discuss your training with any uh, other member of the community, including parents and elders. 5. From this moment, you are prohibited from dream-telling. 6. Except for illness or injury unrelated to your training, do not apply for any medication. 7. You are not permitted to apply for for release. 8. You may lie. Jonas was 10. What would happen to his friendships, his mindless hours playing ball, or riding his bike along the way for? Those have been happy and vital times for him. Were they to, to be completely taken from him now? The simple lostalistic instructions, where to go and when, were expected every child had to be told, of course, where and how and when. To report for training, but he was a little dismayed that his schedule left. No time, apparently, for recreation. For recreation. The exemption for rudeness startled him. Reading it again, however, he realized that it didn't compel him to be rude. To be rude. It simply allowed him the option. He was quite certain he would never take advantage of it. He was so completely, so thoroughly accustomed to courtesy within the community that the thought... That the thought of, of of asking another citizen an intimate question, of calling someone's attention to an area of awkwardness, was unnerving. The reputation of dream-telling, he thought, would not be a real problem. He dreamed so rarely that the dream-telling did not come easily to him anyway, and he was glad to be excused from it. He wondered briefly... He wondered briefly, though, how to deal with it at the morning meal. What if he did dream, so he simply tell his family unit, as he did so often anyway, that he hadn't? That would be a lie still. The final rule said, well, he wasn't quite ready ready to think, about, to think about the final rule on the page. The restriction of medication unnerved him. Medication was always available to citizens, even to children, through their parents. When he had closed his finger on the door, he had quickly... Gasping into the speaker, notified his mother. She had hastily, R-E-Q-U-I-S-I-T-I-O-N-E-D, relief. 
of pain medication, which had which had promptly been delivered to his drowning almost instantly. The excruciating pain in his hand had diminished to the throb, which was ne- which was now all he all he could recall of the experience. Of the experience, we. We reading rule number six, he realized that a cross finger fell into the category of unrelated to training. So, if it ever happened again, and he was quite certain it wouldn't, he was, he, he, he was quite certain it wouldn't. He had been very careful near heavy doors since the accident. He could still receive medication. The pill he took now each morning was also unrelated to training, so he would continue to receive the pill, but he remembered uneasily. What the chief elder had said about the pain that would come with his training, she had called it indescribable. Jonas swallowed hard, trying without success to imagine what such pain might be like with no medication at all, but it was beyond his comprehension. He felt no reaction to rule number seven at all. It had never occurred, never occurred to him, and never occurred to him, that under in any circumstances ever he might apply for. Release. Finally, he steeled himself to read the final rule again. He had been trained since all his childhood, since his earliest learning a language never to lie. It was an integral part of the learning of precise speech. Once when he had he had been a boy, he had he had said just prior to the midday meal at school, "I'm starving." Immediately, he had been taken aside for a brief private lesson in language precision. He was not starving. It was pointed out he was hungry. No one in the community was starving, had ever been starving, would ever be starving. To say starving was to speak a lie, an unintentional lie, of course. But the reason for, for precision of language was to ensure that, was to ensure that unintentional lies were never added. Did he understand that? They asked him, and he had. He had never within his me- Within his memory, been tempted to lie. Asher did not lie. Lily did not lie. His parents did not lie. No one did, unless now Jonas had a thought that he had that he had never that he had never had 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 before. This new thought was frightening. What if others adults had upon becoming trials within upon becoming trials received and their instructions the same terrifying sentence? What if they had all been instructed? You may lie, his mind weird, now empowered to ask questions of uttermost rudeness and promise answers he could conceivably, though it was almost unimaginable. Ask someone, some adult, his father perhaps, do you lie? But he, but he would have no way of knowing if the answer he received was true. Okay, that's the end at chapter 9. Okay, bye.